You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and today, guys, Mansell Magic has not gone away. It still is alive and well. And in the brand new fan-controlled football league, we got to see Johnny Manziel suit up once again, representing the 12th man in the inaugural game of the season. We're going to be breaking down all that and much, much more. Plus, another head coach has been hired, this time away from the SEC. This episode of Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to save 20% off your next purchase. That promo code is LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. So, before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality sounding podcast, Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Lockdown Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th man related content found here on LOP. And to all you new Tigna listeners joining in on the podcast, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Last time we saw Johnny Manziel was week, I want to say it was week eight of the Alliance of American Football. That was the very last weekend that I was working. Yeah, it was week eight. I do know that for a fact it was week 8 because we were supposed to face him in week 9. He was coming off a game, I think it was against the uh, uh, Birmingham Iron. And a lot of people were excited because the next game was going to be the San Antonio Commanders versus the Memphis Express, which is where he played. It was supposed to be a a massive game. I mean, we're talking over 35,000 fans inside the Alamo Dome. And then just like that, in a second, you saw the entire league fold that Tuesday and it was actually really funny because of it was April 1st and we all thought it was a joke now the former Texas A&M quarterback and Heisman Trophy winner is back making his debut in the fan-controlled football league which allows fans to call plays for the four teams involved the games played in infinite energy arena in Duluth Georgia and Manziel started for the snap snap uh, zappers who lost their opener to the beast 48 to 44 the contest played indoors on about a 50-yard field, much like arena football, with seven-on-seven contact style. Uh, definitely was not his best game. He went 5 over 11 passing. He did have a 38-yard run and a 67 yards on the night with eight carries. He also scored a touchdown and was sacked twice in the loss. He came out and said afterwards, Feels like I'm super washed up, but still had a blast. This was the most fun I've had in a while. Completed one of five passes for 11 total yards. Now, here's the big deal. For any Aggie fan out there who's sitting going, oh, we're going to see Johnny Mansell make this ultimate comeback. This is going to be where he goes out and he makes the, 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 the comeback of a century. He be, he comes back. He makes he makes everyone remember him. And then he gets a tryout to join an NFL team. No, no, that's not going to be the case. And, that, and that's not what Johnny Mansell wants either. Let's just get that out of the way. Back in 2020, he was doing an interview at a golf charity event up in Lubbock, Texas, and I believe it was the Lubbock Avalanche Journal had a sit-down talk conversation with him, and he said that 
there was a point in time where he definitely wanted to return to football. But he's gotten to that point where it's no longer a massive priority. In the past, probably is how I would characterize it. I've finally gotten to a point where I'm trying to achieve happiness in life, not happiness on the football field. He spent most of his time from 2019 to 2020 uh, when the AAF ended, moving out to Scottsdale, Arizona, where he was playing golf six days a week, getting his handicap down from an eight to a two. He's very much still living off his legacy and having a shot to go play in this brand new football league was kind of for him to say that, yeah, I still enjoy it, but it's more so fun for me. This to me is, you know, not something that I really look forward to. And it's not something that Manziel looks forward to. According to what he said after the game was he does not see this as a second chance for him to make it to the NFL. He's instead looking to build a football league that can sustain a little bit longer than what fans are expecting. The product will keep getting uh, better as weeks go on. Good start, even with the loss. You know, win, lose, we booze on the zappers. So at least we also know that he is uh, not completely changed in that format. Listen, Johnny Manziel is a, is a two-sided coin when it comes to, I think, a lot of people. Now, with AM fans especially, everyone's going to remember him for 2012 and 2013. And he's going to be able to live off that legacy because of it was AM's best season. First year in the SEC, they beat Alabama. He put up record numbers. He's the first Heisman Trophy winner since John David Crow. I, I mean, there's a reason why I get the love and support and respect and attitude for Johnny Manziel. Because of, guess what? He's earned it from College Station. He helped bring them to what is now a New Year's Six Bowl in their first year in a brand new conference that features teams like Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, all these other squads. Meanwhile, they come in, they have a really strong start, and it's because of their offense. Now, don't get me wrong, it does does help to have a lot of good players. They had Christian Michael in the backfield for that first year. They had Ryan Swoop. They had Mike Evans. They had some names that definitely were going to make A&M's transition from the Big 12 to the SEC better. But they had a player that nobody could touch. A player that legitimately ran around before it was cool. We're talking like before Russell Wilson made a name for himself in the NFL from running behind offensive lines and zigzagging and making plays. This was basically the closest thing to Michael Vick that college football had seen since Michael Vick. That's just what he was. And he just brought an exuberance of excitement to College Station and Kyle Field every single time he suited up that it makes sense. And I get why people always, always come out to me and go all the time, is Johnny Manziel the greatest, you know, AM player of all time? Alone one of the greatest, you know, college football players of all time. And I think that there is a two-sided answer to that. Yes, I do believe that to many he is the greatest Aggie of all time. To me, he's not. He's top three, but he's not number one. I could make it. I can make a valid argument with Dat Newing being number one. I think I can make an argument with Mike Evans being one. I think I can make an argument on if I'm just including NFL. Miles Garrett is up there. I think Von Miller possibly is the number one player to ever come through. I think there's a ton of names from the 80s and the 90s that are definitely, definitely in that conversation. 
But I get where people come from where they say Johnny Manziel, greatest player from A&M history because of what he did was so electrifying. It put A&M on the map of being a team to watch for in college football. And they've been a team to watch for year in and year out since their arrival in 2012 to the SEC. But I think there's also a line you got to draw. And that's Manziel, as good as he was for those two years in college, never, ever, ever was meant to go play quarterback in the NFL. And there's a lot of people out there who still go all the time, you don't know what you're talking about. Johnny Manziel can go out and play football. No, he can't. And it's not because I don't believe you know he should deserve a shot to be on a roster. It's because of let's look at how he hasn't played in two full years and there's younger, talented prospects who are willing to take lesser money and not be a spectacle in the locker room because of what Johnny Manziel's name means to the entire storyline. That's why Johnny Manziel is in this league and he's come out and he said, I'm here to have fun. And that's why I think a lot of Texas A&M fans should be taking this away from him. He's here to have fun. It's legitimately just a gig for him to enjoy playing football once again. Good for him. If you make anything else of it, you're overanalyzing this. This is just a fun, fan-created league that will allow him to suit up and play a few more times if he chooses to. College football in the NFL might be over, but college basketball and the NBA have reached all-time high ratings, and with that, that means there's going to be all-time high bets. The one place we love and the one place we trust where you should make your bets every single week is betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag gives you the best buyouts, the best lines, and highlight up-to-date information on every single sporting event when you follow them on social media at BetOnline underscore AG. Get off the sidelines and into the action. When you sign up with BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network, Phil Thompson, Jackson, Texas A&M. 25 minutes should be enough time to get you caught up with every single storyline found in the realm of sports today. That's why I recommend you listen to Locked On Today with Peter Bukowski, a brand new show presented by Locked On Podcast, giving you the up-to-date basic information of everything happening going on right now in your favorite sports all under 25 minutes. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So a brand new head coach joined the SEC not too long ago. Josh Heupel made the move from UCF over to the Tennessee Volunteers. He is hopeful to bring a winning culture back into the realm of Knoxville, Tennessee after the Jeremy Pruitt era was met with positive reviews early on, but so many behind-the-scene drama issues that there was no way the team could keep him that much longer. He becomes the fourth coach this offseason to be hired into the SEC, joining the likes of Shane Beamer, Clark Leah at Vanderbilt, and of course Brian Harson at Auburn. But what's funny is, Heupel brought, or I wouldn't say brought, he kept a winning design and a winning style of play at UCF. UCF was a team that was actually looking to be one of the better teams under Scott Frost. 
Frost did a fantastic job making them a team worthy of building a successful storyline on. And they were able to beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl one year. I mean, they did. That, that, that actually happened. So what does Gus Malzahn do now? Malzahn, the former coach of the Auburn Tigers, is now headed over to Orlando, Florida to become the next head coach for the likes of the Golden Knights. This is 100% about ready to happen. He was the first choice, according to CBS's Dennis Dodd, on Sunday night. Uh, The Orlando Sentinel made a report that there was an offer made. They They were hopeful that they were able to get this deal done. Malzahn accepted the position Monday morning, and now he will be the next Golden Knights head coach. Malzahn led the Auburn Tigers to a 68-35 record, 39-27 in the SEC. Over eight years, he won nine games or more in three of those seasons as Auburn contended with the difficult SEC West. He also helped Auburn win a national championship as the offense coordinator there from 2009 to 2011. And he served as the head coach going 9-3 with the Arkansas State Red Wolves in 2012. What do I think of this hire? Um, I actually like this hire a lot because I really like Gus Malzahn. I've brought this up multiple times. I'll continue to bring this up. The reason Gus Malzahn was not fired wasn't because he couldn't beat Nick Saban. There's a lot of coaches out there, especially in the SEC, who get fired because they can't compete with the seven-time national champion winner. They They just can't find ways to beat him. And if you can't beat him, you're always going to come play that runner-up role. Well, Auburn doesn't always want to play runner-up. Neither does Texas A&M. Neither does Florida. Neither does Georgia. Neither does LSU. Everyone else I think is okay with being a runner-up. But they're probably not ideally liking it. But they can understand it. Auburn beat Alabama. And it wasn't always just this whole kick-six mantra. They were able to beat Alabama multiple times. In the, in the era of Gus Malzahn versus Nick Saban, the most wins a coach has had consistently against Nick Saban. If I'm not mistaken, it is Gus Malzahn. I think he has three wins against Saban. I know he's got two. I'm pretty sure he has three, maybe even four. But the Iron Bowl is such a big game. It's such a monumental, pivotal moment for fans, for um, you know, for for kid, uh, for for students, for players, for you know, young and old, for for kids who are just like six years old and they grew up in a household that's all Alabama and they grew up in a household that's all Auburn. It's all you talk about. It's Thanksgiving weekend. Everyone's in town. If you live in Alabama. Nine times out of ten, you drive up to wherever it is. It's a three-hour drive, but whatever direction you go, whether you're going out west to Auburn, or, uh, east to Auburn, or you're going back north, uh, you know, central west to Tuscaloosa, that's the game. Malzahn did his job, and because of that, I thought he was wrongly fired. Everyone was saying, "Well, why is Gus Malzahn getting fired?" Well, they want to go in a different direction. The problem is, that's fine. What's the direction, one, you're going to choose to go in? And number two, is it going to be a better one than what Malzahn has you in? Malzahn never had a losing season. Ever. Now, there was seasons where he wasn't great. 
I mean, there was multiple years, one, two, three years where he wasn't ranked by the end of the year. There was also five seasons where he was ranked in the top 25, three seasons where he was ranked in the top 15, two seasons where he was ranked in the top 10. Competing against Alabama, competing against Florida, competing against Georgia, eventually competing against A&M, LSU, Auburn, recruiting, and on the field. Season in, season out. His worst season, technically, was this past year where he went 6-4, and four, and he didn't coach in the bowl game. 9-3 and three in 2019. Uh, eight and f- uh, seven and five in 2018. Nine and uh, ten and two, yeah, ten and two in 2017. Uh, eight and four in 2016. Seven and five in 20. Yes. Uh, s- no. Oh wait, no. Six and six. Wow, I forgot about that one. Six and six in 2015. Uh, seven and five, uh, yeah, eight and four in 2014, t- uh, 10 and two, and then eventually 12 and two with the BCS national championship game in, um, uh, 2013. And of course, nine and three at Arkansas, never had a losing season. He's been good enough. And the AAC is really turning into the power six conference because of you watch the coaches that go there. They build their careers if they become head coaches. If they are a established offensive-minded coordinator, if they are a defensive coordinator at a prime school, and they don't get offered immediately a bigger job because of connections that they have outside of the program, they start in the AAC, and if they're really good, they make it to a bigger program. Scott Frost did it. Justin Fuente did it. Mike Norvell did it. Josh Heupel did it. Ken Nealon Tomo has been offered it many, 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 many times. He just chooses to stay at Navy. I, I, I think everyone forgets Matt Rule and what he did, turning Temple around. So, yeah, I like this hire for Gus Malzahn. I think Gus Malzahn is deserving of being a head coach, and I thought for sure he was going to go to Arizona. Now he gets a shot to go to a, a program out in Florida where he can win in talent. They're going to have two or three players drafted in the top 50, top 60 with Richie Grant and um, Aaron Robinson in the secondary. Both those players are probably going to go day two at some point. There's a lot of talent down in Orlando. And if Mackenzie Milton comes back and plays well, wouldn't it be something to watch Auburn have a good year, watch UCF have a great year, and they meet up in another bowl game? Man, that would be something, wouldn't it? This episode of Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Now, you know the original flavors of the past, but there's six new flavors, including lemon almond cheesecake, cherry barcia, and carrot cake as well. The bars are covered in 100% real chocolate because they're more like candy bars than they are actually protein bars because their soft nougat center makes them easy to chew. The bars are low in calorie, high in protein, high in fiber, and low in sugar because they're great for someone who is a health-conscious guy or on the keto diet. Every single morning, I have a peanut butter protein bar. And it's great for me because it has 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. There's not a product like this out on the shelves right now, but 
You can go to Bill Bar right now and use the promo code Locked On to save 20% off your very next purchase. That promo code is Locked On at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Bill Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking about things Texas A&M. Make sure every single Monday you join Candace Cooper on Locked On College Football. Candace goes through every single team here on Locked On Podcast Network, breaking down the prior season, up-to-date information with recruiting, and of course, a preview looking ahead at 2021. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. All right, so today is the coldest day that Houston and the entire College Station area has seen, I want to say, in over 50 years. Yeah, I was right. It is over 50 years. In fact, the coldest it was the last time here in Houston area, and in College Station area for that matter as well, A&M had not won a national title yet. That's how cold it is today. Right now, if you look at the weather app, probably all you got to do is really look outside and know it's cold because of it's snowing. Some places throughout the state of Texas have had up to about a foot and a half of snow. Other places, more like about two and a half, three inches. But no matter what, it is snowing. If you look outside in Houston right now, it is 14 degrees. That is only going to rise over the next couple hours, hopefully into about the 21 degree mark. Then tonight, it is supposed to get back down into the low 10s, 9s areas. You have never seen that. But I do have a quality couple of tips that I do like to give out to people. So for the final segment of today, here's what I recommend you do on your snow day. Number one, sleep in. I find it relaxing if you sleep in on a snow day. Mainly because of you have that cold air that is compressing against your building, but that heat that you have turned on mix perfectly. And to me, having that kind of middle ground is like the most ideal way of sleep. You get that cold, but you know you're super warm, and it makes you want to just sleep a little bit longer. If you have the time, I recommend that you sleep in. Number four, make a big stack of pancakes. I don't know why, but pancakes and snow just makes so much sense to me because of especially if you were a little kid and you came in, you were just sledding all day, you were outside with your friends, you were, you know, you were having a good time. There's nothing like getting that warm food in your belly. And I feel like for Texans, you can always have, you know, the tacos and stuff like that. But I feel like pancakes, there's nothing about having a pancake on a cold day that is just so relaxing to me. So I recommend you go ahead and whip yourself up a big old stack of flapjacks. Number three, this is only if you can go sledding. It's almost impossible to go sledding. I trust me. I know if you live in an area that you have a hill, go and do it. I promise you. My, my dad grew up in Northern Indiana. My mom grew up in New Jersey. So I was always around hills and sleds. And when I was a little kid, whenever we would go visit my grandparents, we always would go sledding. Some of my favorite memories with my dad are walking up that hill out in Maryville, Indiana. I, I forget the name of it right now, but it was a park. Giant hill, perfect for sledding. And if you got enough juice, you would slide 
forever and you came to a point where you had to actually jump yourself off because of if you did it you would go onto the frozen lake and you could severely hurt yourself if you did so if you can and you have a hill go climb it i promise it's worth the climb slut on down it it's so much fun it's so relaxing it's so cool and to do it in texas i promise you there'll be a handful of people who can ever say yeah i slid in texas in february yeah and it wasn't amarillo either it was in houston or college station or Bryan or the woodlands or conroe anywhere like that go do it go do it number two make a snowman i mean let's be real there's a reason there's a song in frozen called do you want to build a snowman who doesn't want to build a snowman your snowman is not going to be the size that you know you see up in chicago in minnesota in wisconsin but that little snowman i promise you is gonna be so happy to be built and you're gonna feel so accomplished spending 15 minutes making a nine inch snowman out of three balls and then going inside and getting a carrot and if you have if you're lucky maybe you you have just a sharpie and you paint his eyes on it's gonna be so fun but the number one thing i definitely recommend that you do on a snow day is have some hot chocolate. There is nothing better than hot chocolate on a snow day. It's better than coffee. It's better than tea. It's better than apple cider. It's better than... To me, it's better than beer. It is. On a snow day, get yourself a nice cup of hot chocolate. If you can, roast a marshmallow, put it on top. Get a little bit of cinnamon. Just sprinkle a dab of whipped cream on and enjoy the delicious treat that is meant for you to come in after a nice, long, cold day and unwind with an awesome, awesome beverage. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies on tomorrow's show. Texas A&M is currently on a eight-game winning streak. How long can that streak continue? We'll be discussing that in much more. We'll see you then. And remember, dig them, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.